we're in a series called Going Up. Last week, if you weren't here, we talked about heaven, what heaven's going to look like. And I, lo- I, lo- I love talking about heaven. I love going through Scripture. We read in uh, Revelation 21 and 22, and it gives us just this vivid description of, of where we're going to be for eternity. Our key scripture in this message series going up is Philippians 3, 13 through 14. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but this one thing, forgetting what is behind and attaining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Like, we don't, whether we believe it or not, whether we know Christ or not, like I actually believe he is calling every man and woman on this earth like to heaven. I think he put heaven inside of us. Like he's calling us heavenward. He has literally put heaven in each side of us. And some of us, some of us don't know what that is if we haven't met Christ yet. Some of us d- don't know what that is. It's why do I look at the mountaintops and the ocean and just am in awe and just see and have wonder and have just like, wow, why do I feel so small when I see those things? There's a reason. So the last several weeks we talked about getting honest about where we are, getting free from our past, no matter what we've done, the successes and the failures. Like it's literally all garbage. My resume is garbage compared to what it means to have a life in Christ. We're pressing on towards the goal. Heaven is the goal, now and for eternity. A little bit more of a glimpse of heaven. Let me reread Psalm 33-13 through 13 for us as a reminder for where we were last week. Heaven is God's dwelling place. It'll be our dwelling place. Psalm 33-13 says, From heaven the Lord looks down and sees all mankind. He sees all of us. From his dwelling place where he is now, he watches all who live on earth. He who forms the hearts of all, he's forming our hearts who considers everything they do. Ecclesiastes 3.11 this week talks about this he who forms the hearts of all. Let Let me read that for us and then we'll get into Psalm where we'll spend today. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, He has made everything appropriate in its time. He has also set eternity in their heart. Yet so that man will not find out the work which God has done from the beginning even to the end. God has set eternity in our hearts. And and many of you in the room are like, yeah, I get it. Like it's, he's calling me towards eternity. It's so clear. Some of us in this room are saying, I don't know what that means yet. And it's cool because we're going to be in Psalm 139 today. So turn with me in your digital Bibles or in your traditional leather-bound Bible. Both work. They're both God's Word. We'll be in Psalm 139, 1 through 6. Let me read while you guys are turning there. I'm going to read all the way through it. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it is all together. You hem me in behind and before you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is 
high. I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for the darkness is as light with you. For you formed my inner, innerward parts. You knitted me together. In my mother's womb, I praise you, for I fearfully am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Our souls know this. My frame is not hidden from you. When I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed substance, and your book were written, every one of them. The days were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake, and I am still with you. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God. O men of blood, depart from me. They speak against you with malicious intent. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with complete hatred, and I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me. And lead me into the way of the everlasting. What I just read is a prayer. It's a psalm from David. And he's essentially like imagine your most raw moment. Like imagine a day where you're full of joy, full of celebration, but you're also full of what? Of You have a little bit of bitterness still in your heart. You, st- you still have a little bit of pain from what I like to call human nature. Right, us rubbing up against, like sparking one another. But David is he's he's modeling for us. Like, what do we do? Like we go to the one that we trust. Right? Especially when we feel like there are those who are working against, we go to the ones that we trust. That's what we're talking about today. God has put eternity in our heart and somehow. He says, I want you to trust me. Like, I just, I want you to trust me. So let me start in verse 1. We're going to go through this. You have searched me and known me. David prayed to Yahweh. That's, that's God, in other words. Understanding that he had a personal knowledge of him. So this scripture was like, you know me. Like, you know everything about me. Like, I don't know if you've been in a situation where maybe someone has said something against you and you know it to just be completely untrue. And you do what? And you go to those that you love and you trust and you say, you know me. Like, you know me better than that, right? That's what David's doing. He's going to God because he says, God, you know me. You know my heart. So back in David's day, just to give you a little bit of a history lesson, uh, there were so many 
what, what you'd say, people that believed in many gods. And they weren't the God that we know. They were their gods. They were called pagans. It was like they worshipped the God of the sun and the God of hell and the God of the earth. Like many, just many gods. And David is saying that their gods were hostile. They were indifferent to men and women. They were very distant. They're very distant gods. And what was wild about all these people that worship all these other gods that weren't even real is they didn't even feel close to them. They felt like they were hostile gods that were out to get them. Like, like I don't know about you, but I grew up in a couple of religions. Like, when I messed up, like, I was waiting for the lightning bolt to come down and, like, remove me from the earth. Anybody, anybody else? Like, some of our religions on this, on this planet, like, that's the way you feel. As soon as you mess up, like, the 18-wheeler is going to come get you. That's, that's like, a scary movie. Perfect time for, for this time of year, right? Like, that's not our God. That's not our God. It's not that just God knows everything about us. He knows you. He knows me. It's not that God is just everywhere. He's omnipresent. Literally, He's in the past, present, and future at the same time. He's somehow all over this earth. He is everywhere. He's omnipresent. He is everywhere with you, with me. Literally. And it's not just that God created everything. It's not that he created the amazing mountains and the ocean in this incredible world. And what I talked a little bit of last week, I revealed my, my sci-fi nerdiness, like exploring the universe. He made that, but he also made you. He made me. This is what David is trying to say in this psalm. It's like, you made all of this. You're everywhere but somehow you're right here with me. You know me. Any small thoughts that we have of God are transcended by what these David's words. And yet for all its height and depth, it remains intensely personal from the first to the last. Like David's just trying to say, even our thoughts of God are so small. Because why? Because we can't understand it. Yet he know, he's big enough to know him he's big enough to know each of us each of you this became real for me this week again right in the christian life like it's so cool how you we often get these reminders of what what christ told us now yourself take up your cross and follow me humble yourself under the mighty hand of god and by the way i'm paraphrasing and he says if you don't humble yourself that's okay i'll i'll humble you for you and it's like and I had one of those weeks this week and it was incredible I'll tell you more about it in a second Psalm 139 23 to 24 says search me oh God and know my heart try me and know my anxieties and see if there's anything wicked within me and lead me to you back to you the way of the everlasting those words, think about it for a moment. Those words that David is saying, search me. We only, think about it as men, men and women in this room, we only will say these words to who? To people that we trust. Right? We normally don't ask our enemies, those people that are against us. We don't, we don't normally say, 
like search search my heart we're going to the one that knows us the one that loves us the one that we trust search me oh god and know my heart so where are you guys at how much and it's been a process for me so i'm 45 i'll be 46 this halloween which is it's a fun interesting birthday by the way so if you see us celebrating that i promise you we're not celebrating some pagan thing we're, we're celebrating my birthday and i love it it's fantastic and we halloween's actually a ton of fun by the way go out in the neighborhood have a ton of fun show them show them we're, we're people who love god and we can have fun but how much do you trust over my 45 years, God still brings me to a place where he says, Larry, are you going to trust me even with this? Are you going to trust me with this? And every time like, I get on my knees and I say, absolutely, I trust you. I trust you. My question is, where are you? Have you been brought to the point countless times in your life where you say, God, I trust you. I trust what you're doing. And sometimes I'll even say this, God, I don't really trust what those people are doing, <laughs> but I trust you. It, it helps me take a step forward, right? God, I don't trust sometimes what, you know, what these people are that are closest to me are doing, but I trust you. And what makes that easier is knowing they follow Christ too. They love the same God that I love. They have the Holy Spirit within them. How much do you trust God? So David came to the point, he came to God he, of perfect knowledge, of constant presence, of knowing. He also came to the God of love. This is why David came to God. He knew that God could be trusted and search him and know him at the deepest level. And he also, basically he's admitting in this psalm, you know me better than I know myself. Like I was reminded of that this week with a couple of brothers who are speaking truth in my life and calling me out maybe on some things where I need to lead better. And the reason why that's important is because they love God just as much as I do. And they're going to see what? My blind spots. Right? God allows each of us to have blind spots. That's why churches are built on wise counsel. That's why we have men and women in our lives to speak truth and love in one another. And sometimes it doesn't feel loving, by the way. When you, have to, when you have to share the truth with your spouse or your kids or your parents, like sometimes it doesn't feel loving, right? You're like, that wasn't so much fun. But then you give it to God at the end of it. And you say, God, I trust you. I love you and I love this person. I trust what you're doing. David knew that he could not know his heart at the depth, so he asked God to know it. The ultimate word in Greek philosophy, man, know thyself, was really valuable because it brought man face to face with the impossible. David asked, try me, know my anxieties, and where are you today? Is, is your heart full of anxiety? Is it full of bitterness, unforgiveness? Is it full of distraction? Is it full of fear? Because that's human nature, right? Like there's nothing wrong Sometimes we're just human. And those things, I like to say, they're, they're a thermostat for showing us like where we are. And it's okay. Like, don't beat yourself up for it. But what you do, what we do next is probably the most important thing. 
It's like, am I going to give these to him? Trust me and know my anxieties. See if there's any wicked way in me. This shows us how much David cared for the holiness in his life. How humble he was in recognizing that there could be, there could actually be wickedness in his heart. Like this is cool. This is the cool part where we get to say, I am human. I am imperfect. And yes, there could be wickedness in my heart. Even as a Christ follower, I have to get to the point and say, could there be a way that I'm off the path right now? Could there be a way that I'm idolizing something as a human would idolize versus saying, God, no, I'm on your path and I'm on your way and I'm in your will. David was bold enough to step out and communicate with a God that he trusted so much to say, show me if I have something in my heart that's not of you. He prayed sincerely. This is something of a dangerous prayer. So I like to, I like to normally ask, like, guys, are, when we do church stuff, is it man-friendly? Like, are we doing man-friendly stuff? And it doesn't mean that we're discounting the women, by the way. It's just like, let me tell you a little bit of secret. It is proven if the men in our homes would step up and say, God, I love you. I give my life to you. Like, I'm, use me. It is most effective over time that you get the whole family. And our churches have gone the opposite way of that the last 50 years. The church has said, well, the, the women are showing up. The men are, are not so much. I'm thankful that's not the case in our church, by the way. So I'm not, I'm not like convicting. I'm just giving national church information here. And so we built the church and said, okay, we will, we will minister to the ones that are here, the women and the children. And over the last 50 years, which is not this way in Kodiak, Alaska, which is awesome, we've, we've left out the man. So David says, he, when he prayed sincerely, he was praying a dangerous prayer. Men, let me talk to you for a moment. How many times have you been on your knees in your living room or in your bedroom praying dangerous prayers? Prayers like, God, search my heart. God, use me today. God, get rid of this wickedness. God, let me listen to those who love me and love you and hear the truth that they're trying to share with me right now. That takes a real man. That takes a bull man. Same thing for our ladies. Ladies, how many times have your kids or your husband or your friends caught you on your knees praying to God, saying, I love you, search my heart. Like, show me what your will is this day and give me the strength to do it, to live it out. That's what David is doing in this psalm. He's basically just on his knees saying, God, I give you all of myself. You have all of me. And I know I have blind spots. I'm an imperfect person, but I trust you. Lead me. Lead me in the way of the everlasting is how this finishes. I skipped a bunch in between, so go back and read Psalm 139 sometime on your own with your favorite cup of coffee or your favorite you know, drink in the morning. 
and read through Psalm 139, David declares his destination, the way to the everlasting. He trusted God's complete knowledge and constant presence. I'll say it again, because he knew that God loved him. And he said, what? Well, I want eternity with you more than anything else. Lead me in your ways. Let me finish with this quote, and I'll ask for a little help from you, and then I'll tell you why in a moment. We have been going in the ways of grief. We desire to go in the way of the everlasting, the way of eternal life, the way which we shall never need to retrace and touches our soul completely. What that quote meant to me this week is, is God, like I'm going your way. Like I want to go your way. Like I don't want to go my way, right? And we as the church, like he's calling us to say, like are you following me? Like just love me and love one another. Love me and love the community. So Damon Hargraves, if you could join me up here for a moment. I didn't warn Damon about this, but um, I'm so thankful for the men and the women in our church. Um, if I could show you guys what I'm about to show Damon, whew, I would. Um, and for those of you that are new to our church, I promise I won't embarrass you and call you up here like this, by the way. So if you're feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm not coming back, he may actually call me up front and embarrass me. Damon's been one of our church guys for years, and he loves God. Um, so thank you for giving me grace in this. Blood of Jesus. 
Jesus Christ. so thankful for the humility that it takes to come and have your feet washed, right? The reason why I did this, I had my feet washed for the first time this week. Man, what a humbling experience. I normally don't cry like this. I got, you know, it's manly to cry, right? (laughs) But I, I truly, I believe what Jesus said We're supposed to serve one another. We're here to love one another. John 13, 12 through 17 says, Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked. You call me teacher and Lord. You are right. This is what I am. I am your Lord and teacher, and I have washed your feet so that you should also wash wash one another's feet. I have given you an example. You should do as I have done for you. Guys, the reason why I did that this morning, it's actually really tough, can you tell? <laughs> really tough. But I'm so full of joy. The reason why I'm, I'm a little emotional about it is because it's, you can't wash somebody's feet unless you're completely submitted and obedient. Um, let me pray. Father, we love you. God, thank you for allowing this moment to happen in my life this week. Thank you.
that we and brothers and sisters are here to live as an example, to take the time and do something that was more appropriate and accustomed in your day, in the day of Jesus, to wash the dirt, the filth from the streets off the feet. And it was a servant's job. It was not the job of you, our Heavenly Father. It was not your job. But it's exactly what Christ did for us. Father, I thank you that your love is multiplied through this church. I thank you that when we see your words, that we take it seriously, that we live it out. Father, let us make it real this week. Let your will be done. In Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all are dismissed. Have a great Sunday and an even better week.